Hello and welcome fellow Austinologists to Awesomeology. I'm Sue. And I'm Ben. And in this episode, we're going to help my friend Sue safely land her mental airplane after an intense week in the Credit Union Development Educator Program. You're welcome, Sue. You, man, <laughs> you really know how to turn a phrase there, Ben. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, I am still circling the clouds a little bit. Um, and I know that eventually I'm going to have to come back to earth and still bring what I've learned with me. And I was particularly excited. I don't think it's giving away, this is not pulling me back the curtain too much to know that I write you the notes and then make you say ridiculous things. But <laughs> I was very, the reason I was very excited to use that metaphor is that I stole a metaphor from our friend, Sarah Arnoldy, as we were in my DE class as we were talking about a ground rules and I was very transparent and I said one of the ground rules that I think we should have because I have a friend at work who uses this on me all the time is that we should know when to say land the plane. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so your your group at DE had this as one of their ground rules. One of our yes uh, one of our ground rules was to genius. know when to land the plane. Nice. So for a jam-packed week uh, where everybody has a whole lot to say, that's mm -hmm. a really great ground rule. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll talk more about that. Well, but we but first, we have other stuff to do. Right. So before I start talking about groups and rules and stuff like that, we should probably level set a little bit. And let's start by telling everyone who doesn't know a little about uh doesn't know anything or a little about the DE program, let's start there and share share a little bit to make people just dangerous enough to follow along with us during this episode. It's true. That sound good? It's true. It's true. And if anyone can follow along with us when we record these episodes, more yeah. power to them. Gold star to you. We will. <laughs> let us know. Yeah, let us know if it's all making sense and we'll ship right. you that gold star. Right. So uh, I with many thanks to our friends at the National Credit Union Foundation, I pulled this right from the website. Um, and here is their definition of what is the Development Educator Program. Through transformative education, immersive events and collaboration, DE builds awareness of the development issues that prevent people from achieving financial freedom and how credit unions are uniquely positioned to address them. More than 2,000 people from over 35 countries have graduated from the USDE program since launch in 1982, including our own Ben Bauer. Woo! -hoo. Woo! Um, so, who do you think, as long as we're level, level setting, we want yeah. people to take us to take this discussion seriously? If there's any chance they could become a DE, who would you suggest? What's the type of person, the archetype? of person who should become considered the DE program through the National Credit Union Foundation, sponsored by True Stage. There, I got it all out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, which by the way, let's make sure that we at least touch on True Stage and the facility where it was hosted this year, because I oh my had, gosh. The, had the pleasure of seeing Sue's final presentation just ahead of graduation, and that was my first time in their new building, and wow, uh, they did an awesome job. But back to your question. Uh, the short answer, let's just shorten up this episode real quick. And I'll just say anyone, but <laughs> we're not going to do that. Don't worry. You're going to need to add a little context to that. I won't stop we've got, right there. We've got minutes to fill here. Right. right. <laughs> so, um, I mean, really the answer is anyone um, because I believe, well, I mean, our, your uh, 
case is a perfect example where, you know, you were there on behalf of exclamation, um, obviously, you know, with ties to Simplicity Credit Union and our strong DE uh, presence and culture within Simplicity, it was really logical to um, bring that into uh, our CUSO as well. Um, but you don't have to work directly for a credit union to uh, be a part of the um, program. Uh, actually, I believe during my uh, year, one of the members of my class was the spouse of someone who um, was like a, a CEO or a VP at a at a credit union. So, you know, just when you're in a role like that and when you're a DE, your uh, family, uh, both your work family and your home family uh, gets exposed to a lot of the same mm -hmm. stuff that you're exposed to as part of DE and you hear all the stories and everything. So I thought it was super cool that um, that he said, yeah, you know, I want to be a part of this thing too. So when my wife's involved in things like DE workshop and stuff that we can talk about in a bit, um, he can be along for the ride and, you know, have the same, uh, you know, designation that, uh, his wife had, which I thought was really cool. So anyway, uh, all of that to say it really is for anyone, but I do think, you know, to be a bit more specific or if, especially if, you know, there's anyone listening, a credit union, uh, or a provider, uh, that, maybe doesn't have any DE representation at their organization, I think a great place to start is leadership. Um, and that could be uh, relatively new leadership or maybe even long-term leadership because the program really is designed uh, to be inclusive to everyone wherever you are in your journey, whether that's your career path or your credit union journey or your DE journey. Um, we've sharing from my experience, you know, we had uh, people like myself who were with the credit union for less than a year when I went through the program. So for me, it was just hugely beneficial to be completely immersed in all things credit union and philosophy and to learn about the history and grassroots uh, efforts that, you know, really started this whole thing. But then uh, another person at my uh, on my team was a credit union CEO that had been in that role for a long time, had been with credit unions for 30 plus years. And for her, it was just a complete rejuvenation for the home stretch of her career, you know, and uh, to hear um, both of us kind of talk about our experience or reflect on it at the end of our week and everything. Um, amazing to hear the difference in experiences, but also a lot of the similarities too. So, mm -hmm. um, but also DE just isn't for leadership. I mean, I think there's a huge benefit to sending someone that's, you know, uh, an up and comer, a young professional, maybe even somebody who isn't like identified or viewed as like that next wave of leadership or, you know, the obvious choice, like, yeah, this person's totally going to be in the C-suite one day, but, you know, just somebody with like an attitude that fits and is, um, you know, careful about um, who they are and what they do and what, working for a credit union means to them. Um, just an awesome opportunity for someone like that to be exposed to a new audience and uh, be connected to a bunch of people that think, talk, and uh, care about a lot of the, mm -hmm. the same things that they do. So probably a longer and messier answer than you were looking for, but I, I think it, at the end of the day, I can circle right back to the beginning and say it really is for anyone and your organization might have a strategy to send certain kinds of people based on what you're looking for, or what you're trying to do, but um, there's probably not a wrong answer, I suppose. Uh, so the second version of your, your second answer was much better than your first answer. <laughs> Good. <laughs> 
And yeah, I, I totally agree. And in my, I mean, in my group, we had a CEO, we had branch managers, we had people who were um, leading sort of team lead-ish mm-hmm. area, you know, and we had VPs and AVPs and um, we had uh, someone from a QSO. So there was a little, there was a little QSO bonding that happened between <laughs> oh, there was another Me. person on your team from Acusa. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. So, yeah, that's know. really cool. That's cool to hear. Yeah. So really nice, nice breadth and depth of experience mm-hmm. and uh, personality and and across the whole group too. And yeah. quite a quite a number of people. We uh, we had we had someone from True Stage actually in our group and. Nice. Yeah. So Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, um you know, we are a QSO and um you know, for anyone that might be a first time listener or needs a refresher, that's credit union service organization and it's, you know, we are this separate organization that's also really tied to a credit union. Mm-hmm. Um you know, ours in in our case is one credit union, but lots of other QSOs that are um connected to or created by several credit unions and I think that this might just be uh something that I'm uh making up and might not be entirely true but I I guess a concern that I have is maybe that QSOs can be perceived at uh at times as maybe a a way for a credit union to just earn money you know a, Mm -hmm. a profit center and I mean that's part of it there's a business case for sure um but also like if that was what it was all about like why why form it as a QSO why not just start it as some completely separate entity that isn't connected to the credit union so um you know all that to say I think that the fact that there's two different QSO people represented on your team uh, at DE and the fact that QSOs are sending people uh, to be a part of this you know super important program um, just all the proof that QSOs belong to the movement mm-hmm. just like credit unions do you know so that's a that's a really cool thing yeah awesome to hear yeah so, you know, something that we should talk about a little bit is that there's this secrecy around what happens in any given class and a need to, uh, as they tell you, quote, trust the process. <laughs> so we'll do we'll do our best for this whole episode, episode to, you know, keep some of that secrecy in the process intact, but let's do our best to honor that a little bit uh, and talk about uh, our experience uh, at DE ourselves sound good? That sounds absolutely wonderful. I, you know, being new to this alumni association, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how secret I have to be. And you know what a challenge secrecy is to me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, because I just want to blah, 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 blah. But let's start with this. Um, and I think we can do this. We can, I think we can answer this question. What was your favorite part of DE? Yeah. What was the best part uh, of your experience? Mm -hmm. really really tough for me to say my favorite part and also to give you an answer that isn't like that doesn't feel cliche and easy because the first thing I want to say that feels cliche and easy is the people the network Mm -hmm. the the group of people that you're introduced to I think that um that is a legit answer in that um something that's really unique about DE is 
for the most part, and I would say for like the vast majority, um, everybody's there for a really similar reason. You know, it's like to, to grow themselves to, you know, put their money where their mouth is as far as how they feel like they're a part of a movement and a part of something that's more than just an industry, right? So like everybody that's there, they're already kind of bleeding credit unions a little bit. Mm -hmm. And this is a way for them to, you know, kind of walk the walk, right? So um, just to be around like a group of super passionate, really like-minded people, um, I think is definitely one of the best parts. And I guess I, I guess I'd also go on, go a little further to say that for those that maybe come to DE and aren't necessarily thinking like that or wouldn't consider themselves as, you know, someone bleeding credit unions. Um, a lot of them are by the end of the week, mm -hmm. you know, so whether you are or you aren't like you're there by the end of the week. And I'm sure that there's people that have gone through it and felt like, okay, there's a little too kumbaya for me, or, you know, maybe felt forced or something, you know, whatever their feedback might be shoot. And that could all just be, you know, attached to the mood that they were in that week, who knows, but um, I think that the connections and the type of connections, I think, are definitely mm -hmm. one of the best parts. I will just add maybe a part B to my answer, which is, um, you know, and this is perfectly in line with credit unions and what's taught at DE, uh, is the service that you experience. So, you know, mm -hmm. not only being a part of this a group of people that care about the same thing and are, you know, motivated uh, to help improve credit unions and cooperate and take things back to their own credit union. Um, the, they're usually service-minded people that are ready to roll their sleeves up and get some stuff done. And we had some cool opportunities to do that uh, during, during our week at DE, and I know you did too. So without going into too much detail about what we did, mm -hmm. uh, that'll be some of the secrecy that we'll... Yeah. That's a secret we'll keep. Yeah. 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 Love it. Love it. How about you? Yeah, man, I don't know. It it is it's hard to sit here and not say oh, just the the people, the people, the people, the people. Mm -hmm. We uh I um our group chat has not stopped. <laughs> and there are updates to it. It is the most active group chat from my team. We have a, a running text that uh, has been going since Wednesday of last week now. So it is a full week long. <laughs> and what just what an amazing group of people who uh, who were there to to participate and there to be a part of it with each other. And yeah, I've, I mean, I've definitely been in training situations, workshop situations where uh, people either appear to be just there for, I don't know, for not being in the office or have straight up told me like, I just need to get this certification and then I'm gonna, you know, and then I'm done with this. And that there was none of that. It's, it just is such a, uh, it's such an immersive program. I think even if you walked into it saying, I just, I'm going to get this designation and then I'm, you know, yeah. whatever, this is, this is all for the LinkedIn cred or whatever. <laughs> I don't know why you would do it <laughs> for that, but um, I don't think you could come out of it and still be feeling that way because you, no. you really have a new 
uh, a new view of the possibilities and maybe, you know, and I think it's interesting as we're talking about it, I'm thinking, reflecting on the fact that how different, like the different stages in our careers, we attended this. Um, and I, there was a part of me that thought, oh, you know, there's so much of this stuff. If we're going to talk about the origins of credit unions and, you know, some of this stuff, like I, you know, it's going to be okay. I'm going to slog through that. But the way it was presented and the engagement that other people had and uh, really the opportunity to not just quickly go through like it was this date and this date and this date and this French name you can't pronounce and this German name you can't pronounce. <laughs> um, but to really understand the stories behind it and to be present in that kind of discussion, I sort of reignited, it reignited all of the excitement I had early in my career when I learned sure. that probably from someone else who was equally a great teacher, but yeah. Uh, you know, you get you get to doing the tasks, man, and you forget where all of this came from and where that, you know, those roots in people helping people. Mm -hmm. And then to be able to take that, uh, to be reminded that that is what the purpose, what your purpose is, and then be able to say, okay, now apply that to now. Right. Like forget the German farmers for now. <laughs> put put the put them where they belong in the past and think about you know our mission isn't done we're not done with this work what what's the work today was uh was probably the reason they say trust the process because that is that was really cool right yeah to get to that point yeah an important part of the process and i can see how somebody who you know has been with credit unions for a while could maybe uh, learn that that's something that you're going to do there, you know, be in the early parts of that part of the week and be like, oh man, like I know I've heard all this already, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, but you're right. I mean, the way it's presented and to be around other people and on the journey with them in the process with them, I think can help make it all feel unique and be refreshing and right. bring it back to your work. So, yeah. Yeah. So what would you say, uh, did anything surprise you uh, about the week? I think right now, the, as I'm reflecting on it, the thing, there were a lot of surprises, but I think the thing that surprised me the most uh, is the effect of taking away your title mm. and not having your title for the week in a group. Yeah. And how different that made the whole, I, I assume it made the whole thing. You know, and again, I, I've been through plenty of training and uh, when I was in, in the training role and taking um, train the trainer type certifications that were also a week long, were also really intense. You also learned a lot. Um, you, you went into that with a sense of, you know, where you lived in the world, right? Because you, we had some of those, we had in some of those sessions, I had one session where um, one of the people in the session with me was like a VP of learning or, you know, there, so there, there was that, uh, there was a difference in how we treated each other mm -hmm. because I was, I was merely a trainer and he was leading the training team. 
I mean, yeah. he was a good dude. We got along, but yeah. to not know. And we tried right. We did pretty well right up until maybe Thursday evening when, which is the point at which you're like loopy beyond recognition. And uh, you, you don't know, you both know everything and don't know anything. And that was the point over dinner that we started looking at each other and being like, I think I know your title. I think I know. your." Yeah. <laughs> but we did, we managed to hang on to it until uh, almost, almost until we were able to reveal them. Mm-hmm. There was some, there was some hinkiness for our team because <sighs> one mentor said, yeah, go ahead and do it. Cause it was like an hour before we announced them. Yeah. at lunch and another and we started talking about it and then somebody else came what are you doing you can't do that yeah. so I, I i should back up and explain at the beginning of the week uh actually before you even go into the program they you give them your title when you register and then you don't use your title again as part of uh there's some online stuff and all of that you don't use your title again um you're told not to talk about it with your team and then they return your title to you on at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it was funny because uh, in that group of 50 people, rather than going all week and being like, well, I can't, I can't overrule him because he's a AVP. I can't, you know, she's yeah. a CEO rather than having that feeling. Uh, as we were all revealing what our titles were, people were applauding like you had just gotten that job. Like it was the most <laughs> exciting thing in the world that that was the job you did. So yeah. that yeah. that brings like a renewal of excitement for what you do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Definitely um, the impact of checking the title at the door is like, I don't know, maybe you would think maybe it's easy to imagine how that would impact your experience or whatever, but just how much I think is surprising, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't really know what that feels like until you go through it. Cause yeah, you know, you go to, uh, well, first off, DE is not a conference, but you, you go to any other conference and like the first few questions, right? What do you do? What's your title? How big is your credit union? How many members, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. What core are you on? You know, like all those usual right. questions that you have with people. Um, and yeah, I think there's, we're human. There's no doubt that we're influenced by the title that somebody has or the role that we know they have in the organization and rank and file and where we might fit into that. And so I think definitely one of the most surprising and coolest parts of the experience is checking the title and leveling the playing field for the whole week, right? That's that's huge. And I think something that was cool about it, and I swear to God, I'll give you a chance to talk, um, <laughs> was that it challenged us not to do that thing. Where are you from? What's your title? What do you do? Yep. Uh, but to have real conversations. Yeah. And so, you know, we, instead of that, we're talking about uh, our spouses, our kids. We're talking about where we were born, where we grew up, what those experiences were. It, you just get to this whole different level of knowing someone that you probably you don't get to if you just say like tell me tell me what your title is and let me be impressed by it or (laughs) yeah yeah so what about you was there anything that surprised you um I think the most surprising thing for me I don't there were a lot of it's a week full of surprises but um I think one that 
really sticks with me as I think back to my experience was the like real emotional connection with certainly the people on my team, but um, really the whole class, you know, um, there's a lot of moments throughout the experience where um, it gets pretty deep, emotions run pretty high, plus also like you're just super busy all week and it's mm -hmm. easy to be exhausted. And so that probably cranks up some of the emotions at times too, you know, but, um, but no, I mean, you know, you talking about your group chat and everything like um, same thing. I mean, certainly ours has lost some energy or traction over the years because I went through it six years ago now. Um, but there's still, um, you know, actually one of the other mentors uh, during the week that you went through, it was one of my classmates and seeing her was so great. And, you know, so you just, um, unlike any other experience inside credit unions that I've had yet, um, mm -hmm. it, you form a real like true connection and bond with these people. Um, and it's, and it is heavy emotionally. So, um, you know, you just like some of that kind of stuff, you disconnect from work, I, like either because your guard's up and you don't want to let yourself get there or the stuff that you're doing is day-to-day -day, tasky uh, mm -hmm. related and um, just by nature, not very emotional. But a lot of the week at DE is um, pretty deep and emotional and, um, and you create true deep bonds because of it. And both surprising and maybe another one of the um, aspects of the whole week that I think is um, one of my favorite things to think back to. And if there's anyone that's listening, we don't want to scare anyone. We do want to keep hmm. some things surprising. So I hope that what I'm saying isn't necessarily like turning anyone off to the experience. I think it's as emotional as you want to make it. Uh, yeah. So if you're someone that, you know, uh, isn't, uh, I don't know, whatever, a hugger, a crier, or whatever you think I am saying when I uh, say emotional. Um, it's like a lot of things in life, maybe anything in life, you kind of get what you give. So if you're open to the emotion, if you're open to the experience, it can be super heavy and really emotional. Um, and that's, uh, I, I want to be really clear as to what I'm saying. I'm not saying that if you go through DE and you don't cry, that means you're not in touch with your emotions or anything. Like that. <laughs> you don't, you can't lose for do right. for not crying. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I think that but, there's lots of other ways to be connected to the emotional yeah. aspect of the week more than How, just getting physically emotional. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I did ask though, and there is no prize for being the first one to cry, which was. Oh, like, really? They must've got shocking, rid of that. Shocking and upsetting to me. <laughs> personally yeah who, who would have won it but <laughs> so <laughs> nice. I'll, I'll get a trophy made up for you yeah so. would you would you sure. that's good thank you thank you so um, I think what I am experiencing right now uh and yeah no to exactly to your point I want our conversation to make people want to learn more explore it be a part of this program. Um, so I don't want to freak anybody out, but I do also want to be honest about where my brain is at right now. And the answer to that, to that is, I don't know. Um, I am still, there's still so much I'm processing and part of what I'm processing is um, what, what are the next steps? I did, you know, 
I had this experience, this experience taught me a whole bunch of things and also gave me insights into how I can self-teach or help our team, you know, learn other things and dive into some, uh, into real human need through the lens of a credit union, a QSO, all of that, uh, which is awesome. Um, but I don't know what to do with that yet. I don't, uh, I like everything to me right now is fuzzy. And uh, one of our, one of our colleagues, Sarah, um, said that she came out of it feeling like, uh, like her job was getting in the way of her purpose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, and I think that might be where I'm at right now that yeah. I, uh, that I have to figure out how do, instead of it feeling like those two things are at odds, how right. do I move those two things together? How do I synergize Ben to use <laughs> nice. a marketing word? Um, <laughs> So that right now, that's how I'm feeling about my experience about, uh, and I am telling you this to preload the question for you, because if you said, what about you? I'd have to be like, Duh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so having all of that preamble, when you came out of DE, how did you feel about your job, the industry, anything? What were all the feels that you brought out of DE? Yeah, well, you know, I think this is this is such a great question for this discussion because I think that it um, it makes like a real connection to everybody's individual experience as they go through DE, and that like everyone will probably answer it uh, a different way, or you know, or in a way that really, if they're answering truly and honestly, and able to even like you know reflect on their experience depending on when they went through it. Um, I think it I think it is different for everyone, and for me, looking at my experience and my uh, circumstances at the time that I went through, less than a year into a new career, fresh out of being self-employed for like a dozen years, like it was both like incredibly overwhelming, intimidating, and precisely what I needed when I went through it because it it helped kind of give me confirmation that I made a good choice, right? Like I'm, I'm actually a part of an industry mm -hmm. that really does care and you know really is trying to like make a difference in the world um you know and going back to my origin story here in credit unions you know i mean there i i really did think that a credit union was just another form of a bank you know what i mean and and there is a difference in um de makes all of them very clear so for me it was just incredibly um inspirational motivational mo motivational connected like all the dots for me as to like who i am what experience i've had what i bring to the table and how i can like connect passion and purpose and skill and all of those things like within my job so different than you and maybe sarah's uh reflection or observation of it where like my job was getting in the way like i've for me, my job was the way. It was like mm -hmm. the way that I could do the things that I had just learned about and uh, everything. So pretty cool to hear like the difference, you know, and mm -hmm. maybe maybe part of it was my newness to credit unions. Maybe part of it was my age. I don't know, but also like I'm not much younger than you guys. So 
um, I'm sure it's just more, it, it's more about my circumstances and recent life experience having gone through it at that point. So the short answer is like, I felt really good. I felt like completely empowered and like ready mm -hmm. to rock. So. Cool. Yeah. Lucky, lucky me, I guess. Lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and not to say that I don't feel that way. Right. I, I, I don't want to give you the impression that now I feel bad because, oh, well, now I have to go do this job. Like, I love my job. And yeah. if anything, uh, I think I just need time to, I need to time to process how I can check in on myself and make sure that my job is fulfilling my purpose mm -hmm. and not, and not lose sight of it. Right. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, a, and man, a constant challenge, right. Is to be doing that and make sure that you're connecting what you do to fulfillment and, mm -hmm. and doing that in a real way. Right. Not just um, trying to connect some imaginary dots to make yourself feel good, but right. um, I can, t I can 100% um, imagine what it must feel like to get back you know and I'm, I'm trying to uh very carefully and accurately speak to how you might be feeling about certain um tasks that you have day-to-day -day kind of things that you gotta do that are part mm -hmm. of the gig you know that you know you're looking at those kind of things being like oh my god is this really helping me get me to the things that I want to be doing after everything that I just learned and experienced and and how yeah. challenging that must feel. I can, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Are we going to make a difference in the world with your brochure? <laughs> uh, <you're right. laughs> right. We're not, forget it. Yeah. We're all, we're taking over the world now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so did you, have you accurately and as deeply as you wanted talk about um, how you're feeling about your job after the, I think so. Yeah. Cool. I think so. So what would you say to someone that's considering it on the fence, maybe is uh, inspired to do it after hearing us, or maybe uh, is a little scared to do it? If maybe they came was in. supposed to do it, now doesn't want to do it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't want to do any of that. Thanks. Guys. I, I don't want to cry. I don't want to hug people. <laughs> um, I would say if you are afforded the opportunity to do it, if someone sees in you the person that uh, for whatever reason, whether it is a uh, by virtue of a strategy that your organization has, whether it is uh, because of who you are as a person, uh, whether it is maybe what was the case for me, uh, an opportunity to reignite something in you, um, you, you should do it. You should do it. And I almost think the more you think you shouldn't do it, the more you should do it. <laughs> because uh, it is, it, it, you know, it, it's a uniquely safe space. Um, especially, you know, that part of that secrecy is you, nobody comes in, uh, nobody in the class comes in already knowing, oh, well, it's going to be this thing and it's going to be that thing. Everybody is going through that mystery together. And you learn from the beginning, you are, you are going to 
either support each other going through that mystery together um, or you're not. And if you don't, then just like everything else in the world, in life, if you, if you can't support each other, then you're not, you're not going to succeed. You're not going to prosper. So uh, it is, I, I actually had the chance yesterday to talk to one of our colleagues at the credit union who was supposed to go to DE and uh, doesn't think, doesn't think it's for her, thinks, uh, you know, it would be way out of her comfort zone. And this is someone who is a amazing member service person, like the heart, just absolutely the heart of a servant, like could not be more the kind of person who could transform things given focus, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and all of the things, you know, that we've maybe touched on that we're scaring people about, the group work, the being away, you know, for a whole week, the long days, the uncertainty, all of that stuff is stopping her. And I said, like, I'm not going to stop nagging you. I just want you to understand. Let's just level set today. I think that you are exactly the person who should be in that class. I think you are someone who uh, who could apply all of your skill to transform something bigger. And uh, And frankly, this is a person I think is on a hamster wheel and has been the entire time I've worked with her. And I've worked with her a long time. So uh, this is a person I think if she could be off her hamster wheel and uh, and gain that focus and re reignite that purpose and spark toward development, that it would be pretty amazing. Yeah. So. Cool. That's a cool experience to have fresh off of it to hear somebody's mm -hmm. apprehension or observation or whatever so nice yeah so i'm really glad that you answered the way you, that you did uh and the example that you gave because um it, i again multiple versions of an answer here for you theme of the day for me apparently the short one is like just you should do it, it, it <laughs> if you're considering it you should do it just go with that um and at the same time and this maybe goes a little bit against uh, your answer is if you don't want to, or if you don't think the time is right, like first, like check yourself on that and mm -hmm. you should do it. Um, like push yourself, you probably should do it. But if like, you know, in your heart of hearts, or if there's something going on in life or whatever, if like, you can really like look yourself in the mirror and answer like, yeah, I should not do this right now for whatever reason. Like if that's where you get, then don't do it. Like, mm -hmm. please give the opportunity to somebody else. Like if you're going to go into it feeling voluntold or, um, you know, I'm only here because my boss made me or, yeah. um, not going to open yourself up to the experience. Don't waste it. Do not waste it. Give somebody else in the organization that opportunity because you're not, certainly not helping yourself and you're not helping the organization. And um, I mean, I think it's a great value for the experience that you get out of it, but at the end of the day, like looking at it on in a budget, mm -hmm. it's not cheap. So, right. um, you know, it's certainly not cheap or free. So, you know, just even if only for the investment standpoint, like give it to someone that's going to get something out of it. And if, if you know that you're going to be closed-minded, don't do it. Um, but that's also a good point. like, but and as I'm saying all that like I hope that you're doing the homework before that and like really checking yourself and is it like I really shouldn't or is it just 
I'm cranky today. Or yeah. Whatever, yeah. you know, or, like, or like me, if you, if you are looking at it and going, uh, my introverted nature, my, the way that being around people, um, all day long affects my energy. It, like if you are just assuming that it's going to be too much, first of all, you're probably right, but you're not the only one. Right. right? No so problem. there were, there is a nice mix of people of all different types of personalities, really extroverted people, um, more introverted people. And just speaking for my team, plus one, by the way, is my team name. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, and I'll, exp okay, wait, I'm going to explain to you after I say this thing, then I'm going to explain to you why our team is named plus one. Um, Cause I loved it and I want to steal it forever. Uh, but if, we had a really nice mix of different introverted, extroverted people on our team. And that team really gave space to everyone who wanted space and gave distance, right? That re recharging distance that maybe sometimes as a, as an introvert you need. So that was nice too. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now, do you want to hear why my team was named plus yeah. one? Hit me. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. A member, a member of my team. Her name is Tarkisha. She is amazing. Um, when we were talking about our ground rules for our team, uh, she, and this to me, the way that she explained it told me this is the thing that she has experienced and it's something I've experienced. And so I really resonated so hard with it. She said, if you agree with someone, if we're having a discussion and you agree with someone, there is no need for you to repeat what they're saying and act like it is your insight. You just say plus one, I plus one that, and we move on. <laughs> Love it. So it became, that became one of the, one of the little catchphrases of, and you would not believe how much time that saved <laughs> instead of, because there were there were extroverts, there were, you know, big personality leadership types in our team. And these are definitely the kind of people who would say, you know, what that person said, which was this, 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 and this. And I also think of this, well, you know, would take you down this uh, lengthy road to all they have to say is, I agree. Mm -hmm. um, all, we all got in this, uh, uh, in this space where we would plus one things instead of doing that. And it gave us a really nice, a really nice way for even introverted people to be offering feedback. So sometimes you don't know what to say sure. to agree. Yeah. So we would, somebody would say something and everybody would be plus one, plus one, plus one, plus one, plus one. <laughs> and Love it. It, it was such a great way to get consensus. So that was, that, that was what we chose for our team name was plus one. We need to implement this immediately. I love it. Yeah. Do you like it? Yeah. Yes, please. Cool. A little, it's a little, see, it's a little sharing. It's a little culture exchange. We gave them the land, the plane, and we're going to take yeah. the plus one. <laughs> yeah. And we're all better because of it. I love right, it. Right, right. Cool. Well, um, we will share a little bit of information about how you can learn more about DE and all that stuff, right? And also uh, anyone who's got our contact info, which by the way, you all do, you can reach out to us uh, on our website. If you want to ask Sue or I about it, we'd love to share more about our experience as much as we can without right. 
digging into the right. secrecy, right? But yeah, no yeah, secrets. Cool. I'm you got to trust really, the process. Right, exactly. <laughs> and we're all still, I guess, kind of in the process, right? I suppose some of what you're uh, experiencing right now, you know, connecting your experience to your work and everything, that's, that's all part of the process. So It's true. It's true. Good point. Well, well, congrats. Uh, like I said, when I was there for your presentation, I and I meant it, I really am proud of you. I know what it's like to go through that week and uh, you did it and uh, really happy for you. So and Thank glad you. that you I, have to share some of your experience today. Yeah. And I really appreciated you coming to the graduation. That meant a lot to me. Yeah. I, you know, uh, I will admit with what I had uh, on my plate that day, I was like, man, is this what I should be doing? <laughs> but at the same time, I, it's like a huge uh, gift for us to be close to Madison, mm -hmm. where when a teammate goes through a week like that, to be able to be even a tiny part of the celebration at the end of the week by making the two-hour drive to Madison, uh, yeah, we, I, I need to do that. We need to do that kind of stuff. So uh, not everybody that goes through DE gets the opportunity to share in the celebration with mm -hmm. their coworkers and stuff, because they're from all over the country or world, right? So so yeah so i was really happy to be able to be there so i'm glad that uh, i'm glad i could do it okay let's close up shop here a little bit with our something awesome segment where we share recommendations uh cool experiences fun stories stuff like that uh and mine's gonna be pretty short and sweet today um but it is definitely what's on my mind recently. So, uh, and that is youth baseball. I'm coaching my son's 8U baseball team, which- um, Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I can't believe that, it, that we haven't stumbled upon it in conversation yet. Cause yeah, we're like, I don't know, a month-ish in now and we've already played, I don't know, something like seven or eight games and, uh, you know, games they're like if mm. we get to the fifth inning that's you know pretty lucky because <laughs> uh, you know they, they get like a bunch of extra pitches and swings and stuff they're all still learning and um but uh I'm simultaneously coming to the end of another uh volunteer role one that's quite a bit bigger than coaching uh 8U <laughs> baseball for a couple months in the summer but this uh big uh, uh volunteer role uh with Rotary uh, I'm an avid Rotarian, very active, and have been in a really busy role for, well, really officially the last year, but when you start all the way back at the training and uh, learning process, it's kind of a four or five year commitment. So I'm kind of coming to the, I'm not kind of coming, I am definitely coming to the end of uh, that role. And admittedly, as I saw, so that role uh, ends June 30th. Um, as I saw the date kind of approaching on the calendar and like starting to book stuff out into June and July, I was like, oh my gosh, that's going to be done by then. And so definitely was starting to feel like pre-FOMO or, you know, a little bit of like the hole in the heart, like, oh gosh, what, what am I going to, what, what am I going to do with my time? And well, and okay, here I go. I'm rambling a little bit, making this short story really long. Yeah. Way to but, go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is what I do. Welcome to life with Ben Bauer. But, <laughs> um, I, I also didn't want to like immediately fill it with something because this role has definitely taken me away from family and friends and stuff for a long time now. So, um, you know, I'm really just looking forward to being a dad and a husband and uh, all that stuff and a bit more active at home. But um, also like 
I'm I'm a busy guy and I'd like to be busy. And, you know, Charlie was already going to be playing baseball. I was going to be there anyway. It felt like a really easy thing to say yes to and not adding too much time to the plate that was going to be dedicated anyway. So um, already I'm feeling like, okay, this is the thing that'll kind of like cool me down after this other role ends and, um, you know, just like just to keep me busy enough. Uh, and also like with family. So like win-win for sure all around. So like at the very least, like it's done that already, like it's helped kind of bring some peace to my volunteer life by staying busy with something else. But also like uh, for those that don't know, I coached varsity football for 10 years and coached youth football for years before that um, and haven't really been coaching um, for four or five years now. So just being back uh, like coaching and developing young people um has been so awesome and just like filling the bucket and filling the heart you know I mean I, I have always said uh looking back on my football coaching days that the best part of that gig is seeing someone who you know when they first start you're like yeah they're probably not going to be playing my senior year or they're going to be one of those role player guys that you know probably, you know, we'll never start or whatever. We're happy to have them and all that. But then to see one of them like transform and all of a sudden become a dude, you know, or, mm. you know, become somebody that just plays a really active role and is really important, maybe a starter or whatever to see people transform and grow, maybe not even like that significant of a, a transition, but, you know, using youth baseball, the experience right now, I mean, to see a kid who like can barely swing a bat when they first come in to like getting hits and games, that's just the best. And I think it's most evident in youth sports like the younger mm -hmm. you get it's easier to see the transformation you know when kids get older and around the same age and size and stuff the loving the playing field level a little bit but uh, just so happy to be doing it to be there for charlie first and foremost but then um to be coaching again and helping other kids grow and everything it's been really really fun so and i'm i'm not like a, a baseball nut i don't you know, I know, I know the rules enough to coach and some situational stuff. And also like at that age, you don't have to know a whole lot. Um, you know, coaching eight U is quite different, I'm sure than coaching uh, a <laughs> lot of higher levels. Like at that point, it's like, as long as they know which direction to run on the bases and uh, when to be in and out of the dugout, that's a win, you know? So, um, so it's been really cool to also learn uh, a bit about baseball and how to coach it and everything too. So really enjoying my time with baseball right now. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. I, it makes me wonder, are you, are you different at work? I have to ponder this. Are you different at work when you are coaching than when you're not? Does that activate a muscle in you that changes your day to day? Now I'm going to have to watch for it. Now you'll be hyper aware that I'm watching <laughs> to see. Well, I think I can answer that for you. And I think the answer is yes. Like, I think it does uh, activate a muscle or change communication style and stuff like that. I'm probably a bit more direct in the last month than I have been lately uh, or like previously. But um, at the same time, I think I also am constantly trying to check myself like, okay, these are my adult coworkers and not eight-year-olds. So, <laughs> you know, the way that I talk or give instruction or whatever is definitely different. So, yeah, but I think similar to like when I first became a dad and like started talking to my kids like a dad 
you some of that stuff can bleed into how you yeah. talk to coworkers and stuff and you do have to kind of like just straight up tell yourself sometimes like these are my teammates they're not my kids so yeah it was it was nice though the other day when you gave us all a potty break and then when we came back we had orange slices yeah that was well, you're welcome. It's that that was a net positive for me so it's, more of that it taught me a lot about providing comfort yeah so <laughs> i'm glad that you appreciated that Juice uh, juice boxes next week, by the way. Yeah, so, yeah. I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait. I hope Popsicles I hope this week after that. Oh yes, checking all the boxes. I know. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I can't wait to bring out the fruit by the foot, and then we have a pizza party. Anyway, yes. <laughs> only if you win the games, right? That's right. Okay, so uh, love it, love it. I, I thought for a minute that your recommendation was going to just be baseball. Like people should find out what baseball is. But so the one I brought is actually a book I have started. I usually try to finish a book before I recommend it, but I am feeling confident about, so confident about this book, primarily because of the story. It is a book called The Radium Girls, The Dark Story of America's Shining Women. It is by Kate Moore. And it explores a really watershed uh, legal and uh, workplace. I, I'm, I, I don't know why the word is escaping, but a ground a watershed legal proceeding from the beginning of the last century, starting just before World War One and then through World War One. They companies were using radium to make glow-in-the-dark watch faces. And then as they moved into World War I, they started to use them to make dials for uh for meters and things for ships, right? So mm -hmm. clocks and all those kinds of things. Sure. And uh the people, the way that they made those watch faces is they hired young girls, some of them very young. So this, this book follows sort of the beginning of this manufacturing and talks about some of the girls, they built studios, quote unquote, they called them studios. And, you know, it was basically, it was a piecework situation where each dial face was worth a certain amount of money. Um, but they, at that time, radium, which is a radioactive, uh, radioactive element and glows in the dark, was it had just been discovered by the Curies and they were just starting to understand what prolonged exposure meant uh, to people exposed to radium and they did not they didn't have the full scope of how much radium it took to affect you and what those effects were and uh the in order to paint watch faces they gave girls as young as 13 and 14 were working in these studios uh, they gave them paintbrushes and tiny little containers of radium paint and they were told that they had to save they had to be very careful because radium was very hard to come by and uh and because they had to be so careful they couldn't wash their paint brushes in water because you would lose radium mm -hmm. in the in the water 
So these girls uh, for a long time were licking the paintbrushes and they were told they were trained to lick the paintbrushes to keep them very fine. And you were judged based on if you, if you couldn't have a high level of accuracy with these very tiny paintbrushes and have those perfect numbers, you were fired. And in New York and some other cities, uh, these were these were considered high status jobs. Hmm. They the girls who were in these studios were making more money than shop girls or you know really any other career that you someone that age at that time could make. Um, so they were highly coveted jobs, and they talk about they would uh, when they would leave the studio because they were using they were mixing radium dust to make the paint so there was dust all in the air and they would leave the studios at night when it was dark and they would glow oh my gosh (laughs) because they were just covered in radio radium dust and actually one of the at one of the studios uh as the war sort of dragged on and resources became more scarce uh they started a uh they started a procedure of the girls would have to go into a dark room and shed all of their clothes and shake all of the radium off so they could collect it wow um and what ended up happening is these girls started dying sure and they could not they refused to connect their eating radium, consuming radium, it being all in the air, everything, their exposure to radium to the cancers and the things that were happening there. It, it, and it's horrific, the yeah. things that were happening. Um, and the, there were not, there was a, uh, there was a government agency. So this is post triangle shirtwaist factory. If you're familiar with that. Uh-uh. Triangle Shirtwaist Factory was in New York, and that was really a that was a very early case of starting to regulate workers' rights um, because that case was they the shirt and I this is what I was looking at before you jumped on because I wanted to understand want to make sure I had all the good answers here, but uh, they had they made shirtwaists, which I. I am not totally familiar with what this is as a piece of fashion, but it goes around your waist and it's made of fabric. Um, and there, the factory was on the eighth, I think eighth, ninth, and tenth floor of a building, and they didn't like people to sneak out and take breaks to smoke. They didn't allow them to smoke uh, on the line because they were cutting fabric all day long. So there was fabric dust in the air. There was fabric everywhere. Um, and they had bins of discarded fabric and fabric hanging, whatever. Uh, and they, to keep people from sneaking out and smoking, they locked the doors. Mm. And uh, a somebody's bin caught on fire. And I think a hundred, it was over 120 women, uh, over 20 men. Um, they all died because they could not get out in time because it was, you know, basically there were fibers in the air. So once the flame started, it just exploded. For sure. That was a very early case of uh, exploring workers' rights and um, 
how some of those regulations came to be. And so this, you know, the radium, radium girls come kind of right on the heels of that and starts to explore sort of that what's I guess we thought was an age-old question but it's not that age-old I guess um, of what did the company know and when did they know it and could this have been prevented and the uh, it's it's absolutely fascinating because it, it's also a great study on uh, attitudes toward you know male versus female at that time and there's there's a lot of this uh, assumption that these are young girls who aren't aren't as educated as the scientists who say radium is fine, and uh, and so they are di they are dying, but they are attributing uh, all these other things to them. And yeah, it's it's a really great book. It's really heartbreaking. Yeah, but wow. it is a really great book, and I think it is a great example of. Um, what some of the things that the extremes of what has to happen sometimes to create reform in an industry and to start to understand uh, how we how we level the playing field and treat people like humans and you know create a better world through some of the rules and regulations that we need to keep people safe so yeah. yeah. Wow. So that's a real downer. It's a really great way to end this conversation, <laughs> but that is an excellent book. Again, it's Radium Girl, The Radium Girls, The Dark Story of America's Shining Women. So good. Awesome. I mean, not awesome, but not awesome. awesome yeah. But but I mean, they probably saved a lot of lives too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A great so. recommendation for sure. And um, you know, with living in a world where things are uh, constantly changing, um, I can imagine how reading it and hearing that story can be a helpful reminder that while some things are imperfect sometimes, and this doesn't make it any easier or better, uh, sometimes things need to hit rock bottom before real change happens. And mm -hmm. hopefully we can yeah. be smart enough to make the change before that right. happens. But right. Yeah. It's weird it's how it's like both sad and hopeful at the same time. <laughs> yeah. It's a good, I mean, it's a good example of thinking about advocacy yeah, and right. how people from outside the industry and people's families and uh, their friends and things like that, how you really need that kind of solidarity to make a change and it takes a village. And yeah, you get you get what I'm saying. I hear you. You're with me. Yeah. Awesome. So, Great recommendation, Sue. Yeah. So just watch. I mean, I'm just saying now I've talked to you about Triangle Shirtwaist and this. So just be careful for what I read because, you know, just in case someday I'm going to be like, listen, <laughs> here's what I learned. Thanks for the heads yeah. up. <laughs> so thank you listeners for coming this far for us. As always, thank you for joining us. You can always catch up with us and any of our shenanigans um, on your favorite podcast app, or you can find all of our episodes on our blog at exclamationcuso.com slash blog. Thank you, Sue. Thanks, friends, for tuning in. Be awesome, and we'll see you next time. The Osmology Podcast is a production of Exclamation Services. Thanks to Nick Mulliver for sound production and Kylie Ganther for our cover artwork. Executive producers are me, Ben Bauer, and my friend, Suzanne Campbell. <laughs>